Hello and welcome to the Mind Fruit Podcast, mental health and well-being promotion to help you live your best life. All information discussed on this podcast is research and evidence-based, however, is ultimately the opinions of the Mind Fruit Podcast. And this is not a substitute to seeking professional medical advice. Hey guys, it's Carl and Fran here. Today's episode is on mindfulness. We're going to be sharing a little bit about what it means to us as, as well as more formal definitions of it so stay tuned to the end where we'll be sharing some mindful techniques that you can apply to your own life some people think that mindfulness is some sort of woohoo out there or airy fairy meditation and it can be that if that's your thing but it doesn't have to be in the simple sense if we break down the word it's basically just being mindful so bringing your awareness back to the now and what is happening in the present moment. Definitely. A formal definition of mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, and non-judgmentally. So on purpose would be focusing your attention on a specific experience that you're having, and it could be thoughts, emotions, place, environment. Another aspect of mindfulness is present moment. So being aware of things exactly as they are in the here and now, rather than thinking about what's going to happen in the future or worrying about what's happened in the past. Non-judgmentally would mean not placing an opinion or judgment on what you're feeling or experiencing. Our past experiences can play a big impact on how we assign judgment to things before they've even really happened or before they've played out. And it's about making sure that we just notice that that has happened without saying, oh, that's bad. or Oh, that's good. Being more neutral when we practice mindfulness. You know, when we have thoughts throughout the day, we can get swept along with different thoughts and feelings as if we're just going down a river, not really in control. And the thing is, humans are like sponges. We absorb everything. Every little bit of information your brain is storing and taking everything in. Things we aren't even looking at. Sounds, temperature. Our bodies are always ticking. Always trying to work out the best way forward. Moods and thoughts are not always entirely conscious. They can sometimes be brought on by other people's vibrations. So for example, you turn up to work in the morning feeling really good and optimistic. Like you actually want to be there. You get into the office and there's a colleague that you're due to be working with all day and they're kind of the opposite. Even if it's just their body language or their attitude towards the day, you know it's going to be a quite a long day. No matter how hard you try and resist, you're going to get into that mindset too. So from feeling great and raring to go, just someone else's projections can make you or your mindset feel bad. That's one of the reasons that mindfulness can be so useful because it's actually been shown to reduce stress, worry and anxiety. So by focusing our attention on on that moment that we were actually in and trying not to focus the attention on that other person's attitudes and behaviour that's actually, you know, putting a bad experience or a bad, bad emotion to that day can actually help you feel a bit less absorbed in in their emotions and actually respond in a more helpful way and on the other hand if you can catch those thoughts and feelings not letting theirs influence you 
then you can project your optimism and positive vibrations onto them. So in this situation, potentially having that 30 second mindful moment, you know, at work at the beginning of your day could potentially have impacted and influenced the rest of your day to be a bit better than it would have if you hadn't had that mindful moment. And that really shows how big of an impact mindfulness can have on the day. So when I was first introduced to mindfulness, I had quite a bit of resistance to it. So it was at university and we were all sat in a circle um, lying down doing one of the techniques and it felt very unnatural to me to be lying down and taking in all the sensations that you're supposed to feel. You just it's it's not often you actually do this sort of thing mindfully. You know, you usually feel these experiences in the moment and we don't usually stay with them. We either try and push them to the back of our mind, um, fight through it. If we've got any pain, you'll just shake it off. So actually being mindful with all these feelings can be really quite uncomfortable to start with. So the first time we did eight sessions and it took me quite a while to open up. It probably took me till the sixth session but by then it was a, a quite a bit too late to grasp a lot of the teachings that were happening so I had the opportunity to do it a second time at the end of my course and I was much more receptive to it but even then it took me probably two or three sessions to really get past the uncomfortableness because you know, we live in our head most of the time. We're always thinking, we're always planning, we're always plotting. We're always trying to cram a load of productivity into one day where when we're invited to slow down, it can seem quite counterproductive. But if you do put in that time and if you do put in that little bit of an investment into your life, then it can really improve your life. And in relation to what you just said, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that mindfulness has to be time-consuming. And although that there are a lot of useful strategies that you can use that you will need to you know, allocate five or ten minutes of your day to do, I would argue that any activity you do in a day you could make mindful. Um, you know, This could be a very simple activity that you know you do every day like walking up the stairs and you, every time you walk up the stairs in your house you could actually consciously make an effort to to be mindful at that time um, or, or ground yourself to the moment this you know this could be through various different type of techniques which we'll talk about in a little while but that doesn't actually take any time of your out of your day that's something that you would be doing anyway but actually by making that activity mindful you could start to incorporate mindfulness into your daily routine without actually it feeling like it's taking up any time and i believe this is a really good starting point to make an ordinary activity mindful as you know we can really learn to focus our attention because the mind constantly wanders 
And actually, learning to bring our attention back to the mindful activity is really difficult. We need to notice that our mind has wandered and bring our attention back without assigning any judgment, without getting annoyed that we've, you know, we've lost concentration. And actually, for do, doing that for a 10-minute mindful activity is really, really hard. So we need to learn this skill over these, you know, small tasks like walking up the stairs and making that mindful because it's less frustrating to start off with. And actually, I, I, I truly believe lack of concentration and our mind wandering and not mastering that skill of actually focusing our attention back to what we're doing without getting annoyed is a big reason to why a lot of people give up on mindfulness. Yeah, I understand that. It's like training yourself to do something that you wouldn't really do a lot of the time so just going into the meditation part of it that's going to be quite taxing to start off with another misconception of mindfulness is that you only have to use it when you're unwell when how can we really expect ourselves to effectively perform a skill that we have not mastered when we are feeling anxious or distressed when we are in this mental state our thoughts can become foggy and unclear we need to learn these skills when we are well so that we can master them so our minds can access these skills in times of anxiety and distress and become more effective. Yeah, the more you repeat it, the more you fail, try again, succeed, then these patterns can become subconscious. So like riding a bike, you don't have to think about it the more you succeed at doing it. Yeah, I definitely think memory is really important. You know, once you practice, once you learn it and, and you, you know, you master that skill, it, it, it's in the forefront of your mind a little bit easier. You know, there's some some of these skills, there's a few steps to them. You know, you do it in a certain order and although they can be adapted, you don't have to stick, you know, follow the rules. But when you're really distressed and anxious, if you don't remember them steps, there's not much chance that the mindful activity will actually be successful. A few people have asked me how I'm so laid back. Well, this sort of thing doesn't come naturally to me. And although I don't consciously do mindfulness all the time, the more I train myself, the more aware of myself I can be, the more my body kicks into these positive states so instead of your body using stress and becoming angry to protect yourself from perceived threats, you can actually create more pathways in your brain to access those good feelings. So instead of your brain going back to those learnt techniques of fight or flight, the more you practice mindfulness, the more your body will look for those positive behaviours to get you out of a pickle when you're in it. I think this is the reason there's so much resistance on this behaviour change because turning your back on the strategies that have got you where you are in life, it's hard. It can almost feel like a bit of a betrayal to the person that you are. But we're all about growth on this podcast, so give it a try. Completely off topic, um, in the first introductory session, Carl saying that he breaks stuff. Well, he didn't quite break anything, but he just knocked over a full cup of tea on the floor So that confirms it. (laughs) He was telling the truth. (laughs) Right, to get back on topic, I wanted to talk to you about grounding techniques. As sometimes people can think they're two different things. But grounding is a part of mindfulness. So 
you know, go back to earlier on in the podcast when we were talking about the present moment. Grounding techniques really help with this. That's you know what that's what grounding techniques are for to help you think about the present moment that you're in and not worry about the past or the future. You know, it can help you distance yourself from your thoughts, your feelings, and your memories. And there's different types of grounding techniques. So there's physical grounding techniques, which is a massive focus on engaging your senses and focusing on the feelings in your body. There's cognitive grounding techniques, which involves engaging your mind. And soothing grounding techniques, which involves self-compassion and kindness. Some people find it helpful to begin with physical techniques starting to reconnect with their body first and then working up to the brain it's a lot more easier than the cognitive and soothing because it's a lot more factual so if you can see it if you can hear it if you can experience it then it's easier to connect with so if you see a car then you see a car if you have a pain in your toe then you have a pain in your toe you know, that's easier to identify than some of the other techniques that are a bit more creative. But if you are a creative person and that identifies with you, then that's fine. Definitely. You don't have to start with physical techniques, but we're just identifying that for a lot of people, um, they find it easier to start with these. But by all means, start wherever you feel most comfortable. So, Carl, what does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness to me is not about rejecting negativity, it's about accepting it. It's about facing those thoughts that you're having throughout the day and experiences and being still with them. Saying to your mind, okay, thank you for showing me, I know you're doing this to protect me, but I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm not going to let those thoughts and feelings define me because I'm not those thoughts thoughts come and go we let them pass through it's about being at ease with my thoughts when we try and push those thoughts away that's when you create disease your body will take a natural stress response and try and physically protect you from the threats that you're actually thinking about our body is mostly made up of water we need to ride the waves and let it flow mindfulness means to me learning to control and assign less judgment to things which are out of our control. So often the things that give us the most distress is the things of the past which we cannot change, and things which have not yet happened. Although we can influence aspects of the future, most aspects we cannot control or predict. And I know it's easier said than done, but there's not much point in expending our energy on these things out of our control. This is what mindfulness helps me to do, accept the things that are uncomfortable mindfulness will never change the future or your feelings but it can help you to learn to deal with uncomfortable situations thoughts or feelings and give you more control on how you react to your triggers before we go on to strategies i'd like to share with you a poem that's quite known in the mindfulness circles it's called the guest house it's by rumi this being human is a guest house every morning a new arrival a joy a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honourably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought 
the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door, laughing, and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. This describes using your mind as a guest house, being aware of the thoughts that come in and out, and not assigning any judgment to them, welcoming them, instead of trying to push them away. The first grounding technique that I want to talk to you about is perhaps the one that I use the most, and it's about engaging your senses. It's a physical grounding technique, and basically you have to engage your senses. List the things that you notice around you. you know, try and bring attention to the little things which you may not always notice. In this technique, you notice five things you can see, four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell and one thing you can taste and this is one of the techniques that I could argue you could you know incorporate into your daily life so for example I tend to um, use this technique when I'm washing up and Carl will probably laugh at me here because he definitely does the washing up more than me (laughs) but actually you know I've got a nice view of my garden when I'm washing up so there's a lots of different things that I can notice I look at all the birds all the shapes the light the colors you know and then you've got the sensations as well in your hands of washing up and the different you know cutlery or is it a plate or is it a bowl is there a bit of food in there left on it there's a lots of different sensations going on for me when I'm doing the washing up so I find that quite you know useful the technique I use the most is mindful walking that is about feeling your sensations when you're walking such as feeling the pressure on your heel or on your knee, paying attention to each step, like noticing the lifting and falling of your foot, noticing the feeling of the movement and how that differs from stillness. I once broke my knee, so I've got like a plate and seven screws in there. And the difference between one leg and the other, the sensation is quite different. So it's sort of the same as what Fran was on about. It's on the same lines as that. So bringing your attention to objects, colours and shapes. Have you noticed these things before? Instead of trying to get to your end goal from A to B, instead of just trying to get to that destination, just see what you can feel, see what you can hear. Engage quite a few of your senses on the way. A slightly off-topic example is... The other week, me and Carl found a daffodil in our front garden. Fully bloomed, must have been there for quite a while. The amount of times we've walked past that daffodil to go to the car, you know, out and about to go for our walks, you know, living our life, doing doing what we're doing. How many times must we have walked past that daffodil before we've noticed it? In the moment that we found that daffodil, it brought us so much joy, so much beauty, so much happiness. That actually, if we'd have noticed that two weeks ago, we would have experienced them feelings every time we walked past it and saw it every day. Yeah, that's right. It sometimes makes me wonder how much we are actually missing when we're just out and about, head down, tunnel vision, ready to go to whatever we're going to do. I think what mindful walking is trying to teach you to do is not missing out on so much of that beauty in life because we do get caught up and stop appreciating things like we do as a child so if you could just live one day like a child finding 
discovering and trying to learn about all the things that are happening around us those things haven't gone we've just got interested in in different things some things that don't even matter in your day-to-day life but you're more caught up with them than you are with the nature and things around you if we reconnect like this quite often we can see the magic and all the wonder and the beauty that's in this world another strategy you could use is a body scan to notice the different sensations of the body and these could be you know warmth heaviness tension so the purpose of this exercise is not to change anything but to simply notice it your mind will frequently take you away to various thoughts and when you become aware of this gently bring your attention back to your body now to start this body scan close your eyes or focus on something in the room if you feel more comfortable doing that and gently bring your awareness to your breathing noticing the stomach rising and falling as you breathe in and breathe out take a few deep breaths and start with your feet and work your way up your body until you get to your head think of the sensations in these limbs tensing and relaxing your muscles as as you work your way up your body noticing what the difference in the sensation is from feeling tense to feeling in a relaxed state so yeah the more you can ease into your breathing while you're doing this and you could even count your breaths at the time because sometimes we all need something to do so with the mind still counting it's still fulfilling that need to do something productive so you can count to five breaths and then go back to the movement of your limbs so like fran said there'll be thoughts coming up in your mind such as what have i got to make for tea tonight or have i got to go and get some milk and bread these are just your mind plotting things as usual focus on your breathing let the thought pass and go back to it it'll take time but the more practice you do the easier you can concentrate on just scanning your body. So another technique you could use would be to just consciously breathe deeply. Um, If you remember what Fran said on the last episode, she spoke about a square breathing technique where you breathe for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds and hold for four seconds. An expansion of this is breathing deeply so find a comfortable position either sitting or lying flat place one hand on your belly just below your ribs and one hand on your chest breathe in slowly through your nose to the count of five feel your belly rise push your hand out as you breathe in Your hand on your chest should stay relatively still. Slowly breathe out through your mouth while pursing your lips. Feel your stomach relax and your hand fall inward as you breathe out. Now I know we've all rolled our eyes at breathing exercises before, but there are some really good reasons why we recommend that you try this as it's one of the only physiological changes we can actually try and influence and control. So when we get anxious, our heart rate can increase from the adrenaline. So what your body naturally does is inhales more because it thinks it's not getting enough air. 
So what we need to do is breathe out more. We need to focus on the out breath because if the body has got too much carbon dioxide that we're not expelling, then when we do breathe in, we're not getting enough oxygen. The more oxygen you take in will decrease your heart rate. This will make you feel less anxious. An example of a soothing grounding technique would be to develop a safe space. So this is about imagery. You know, sit down in a comfortable position and spend a few minutes trying to bring to mind an image of a place that gives you the feeling of safety or soothing and calmness. It, it may be somewhere you've been before. It could be a picture you've seen un, or taken on holiday or somewhere where you would love to be. For me, this would be Thailand. Now imagine you're in this place. What can you see? You know, notice the colours, the shapes, the objects. Move your focus around. What can you feel if you were in this situation? Would you be able to feel the cold sea? Would you be able to feel the warm sun? What would you be able to hear? You know, it could be rustling of leaves in the wind or birds chirping. What, what would you be able to smell if you were in this situation? Would you be able to smell the fruit or would it be a burger from a burger stand? Think about what you'd be doing if you were in this safe space. You know, what your emotions would be, how you'd be feeling and then tr and try and enjoy being in this place like you're actually there. Allow your body to relax. Some people may find it helpful to have a picture of a calming place as a prompt, but the more you practice, the stronger the imagery will become over time. So I first learnt this technique through seven days to change your life with Paul McKenna. He gets you to imagine your ideal situation, but then put a physical sensation to it, such as putting your index finger on your thumb on your left hand, like an OK sign. And I was in a job interview one day and I felt myself becoming really hot, you know, when your mouth gets dry and you run out of things to say. So I did this little movement and I was in that mind space and it was as if there was like an air conditioning cooler coming off in my body and calmed me down and relaxed me, grounded me into the situations. I had performed quite well in that interview and actually got the job I wanted. So I continue to use this now in stressful situations. So the final strategy that we're going to be talking to you about today is a cognitive grounding technique and it's called categories. So pick a category and name as many things as you can in that category and spend a couple of minutes trying to do this. So for an example, if I say animals is the category, I think of a zebra, a rhino, a giraffe, a flamingo and so on and so on. And it's just about actually spending you know, that allotted time, whether you've dedicated a minute or two minutes and trying to think of as many animals as you can, really engaging your brain cognitively and that's everything for today's episode and in the words of ferris bueller life moves pretty fast and if you don't stop and look around once in a while you might miss it we hope you've enjoyed this episode to get more of this content hit that subscribe button and if you're watching on youtube ring that bell it'll notify you every time we upload next week's episode we'll be talking about motivation and goal setting thank you for listening and if this information was valuable to you or you think it might be for somebody else, then like, 
comment or share. Check out our weekly blog at mind-fruit.co.uk. We hope to see you next week for Wellbeing Wednesday.